Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. It's Monday. It's a bit grey out there where I am in Dublin, but that ship in the Suez Canal seems to have shifted a bit. So I'm seeing that as a positive sign. The Ever Given, operated by the Taiwanese company Evergreen Marine, is the length of four football pitches. And for the past week, it's been lying across the southern end of the canal, preventing other ships from getting through one of the world's busiest waterways. And I know some of us, maybe the majority of us, all feel a bit like the Ever Given these days, a bit stuck. Stuck in our 5K, stuck in our houses, stuck working from home or stuck with worries about jobs that have gone and health and financial issues and just uh, stuck generally in this pandemic. We know very clearly that we are all not in the same boat, but that huge boat in the Suez Canal does seem a bit symbolic. And when I heard this morning that the stranded container ship has been almost fully refloated and has restarted its engines, I felt a bit hopeful. You take what you can get, don't you? I think we all need to maybe try and restart our engines, but it is very hard and difficult. Now, on Wednesday, March 31st, it is International Transgender Day of Visibility. This July, it would also be five years since the Gender Recognition Bill was passed by the Dáil and the Shannon. Since July 2015, those new laws have resulted in around 300 people in Ireland being issued with gender recognition certs. And Ireland was actually only the fourth country in the world to give people a right to a gender based on self-declaration. International Transgender Day of Visibility, which is on Wednesday, is dedicated to marking and celebrating the victories and contributions of transgender and non-binary people, while also bringing awareness to the work that is still needed to protect trans lives. The majority of trans people experience name-calling or verbal abuse. Many of them experience threats and intimidation and, of course, even physical assault. Today on the podcast, you'll meet Ali O'Rourke and Becky Cheetle, who in a very good news story recently won €30,000 from the Virgin Media Discovers short film competition, giving them the chance to produce their short movie Punchline. Becky is a stand-up comedian, screenwriter and director. She only came out as a trans woman in 2020 and she's set to direct the film, which she co-wrote with Ali O'Rourke. Ali is a comedian who's performed across Ireland, the UK and the USA. She's the co-founder of the Hysteria Comedy Network, producer and one-third of the post-performance Pints podcast and the resident MC and founder of Token Straight. Ali's script for Punchline, which he co-wrote with Becky, is currently in pre-production. Not surprisingly, we had a lot of fun in this conversation. The pair are both comedians, after all, but it also illuminated the challenges for trans people. And I hope it will give you both a laugh and also something to think about. Here they are, fresh from their win and raring to make their film, Ali O'Rourke and Becky Cheetle. 
Thank you both very much for coming on the women's podcast, Ali and Becky. I'll start with you, Ali. Tell us a bit about yourself and your journey to comedy. Hi, uh, thanks for having us. I'm Ali O'Rourke. I'm a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I've been doing comedy about three years and now I've accidentally fallen into screenwriting. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Also acting. I don't know how that happened. Uh, This happens when you write a role, you know, (laughs) that only you can play. Uh, This classic stand-up comedian trick. Uh, But, you know, I did play the role of man for 26 (laughs) years, so I do have some acting experience. That's a very good point. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Becky, tell me a bit about yourself. Um, Hi, yeah, I'm uh, also a stand-up comedian. And although I was a, I was a male stand-up comedian and only came out as trans during lockdown. So there goes my act, I guess. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, and I and uh, I co-wrote this short film with with Ali, and um, she's going to act in it. And I've convinced them that I'm able to direct it. So looking forward <laughs> I, to that. I love the way that the, the, the imposter syndrome is sounding very real there, but I know that you're oh, going to no, push no, through no. it. It's, 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 it's in good hands. I, I don't like to blow my own trumpet, but I did study film theory in two of the three art colleges I got kicked out of. <laughs> so brilliant. Yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. Now, Becky, I have to ask you this. Was the pandemic not uh, difficult and challenging enough without you having to add coming out as trans into it as well? Tell me about that. Yeah, I just thought to myself, how can I make this more horrible? <laughs> it was I mean, I know I know I know like lockdown's been tough for everybody, but <laughs> oh boy, my life got really flipped upside down. And I I'm aware that's the opening line to the theme to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but it was considerably <laughs> less funny for me. I'd, I've um yeah. I've 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 a lot going on. Yeah. Tell us and, a bit um, about it and why the timing was right at at this time. Oh no, no, no. The timing was not was not right. I was there was no there was no choice. It was just um you know, it's <laughs> given the opportunity. No, I would uh, I would not choose this. But I mean it's a I, you know, it's the weird thing is that it, it's like I it's not like I suddenly realized that I was trans, is that I suddenly realized that I'd always been trans, which is, I know is a strange thing, but it's, so I've spent a lot of, you know, the last year just going over my life and just um, remembering all these moments where I was, oh yes, I was so obviously trans and just wasn't dealing with it. It's strange, like all of my memories are like the same, but they're all different. There's a different spin on on everything. I've, um, yeah, I've kind of traveled backwards in time with this. I mean, I I really put my foot in it there saying uh, the timing was right. I can see (laughs) that that wasn't the case. No, I mean, it it coincided with lockdown and, and... and and comedy completely stopping and um and um uh it's like the loss of a parent and another parent you know um has dementia and uh, uh almost 30 year relationship ending all kind of exactly at the same time all also lockdown sometimes i even forget lockdowns going on because i got so much other crap going on wow but it's grand 
Sure, I mean, we don't want to have like a competition here, Ali, but did, did you, listening to Becky there, do you feel you're, uh, you're coming out with slightly less uh, traumatic in terms of the timing and what was going on? Or it's obviously uh, a very difficult time for anybody. I don't know. Like, I think this is the thing about that. Like, I met a tweet uh, back at this time last year, back to start lockdown, saying I can't wait to see all the eggs that hatch over lockdown. And an egg, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, is a chick who hasn't hatched yet. Uh, it's just trans slang for a trans woman who's in the I closet. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, like... I didn't, ex- I, when I made that tweet, I did not expect so many people, including some of my closest friends, to start coming out as trans. But it turns out, you know, the devil makes uh, work for idle hands. It's like, uh, if you're not doing a lot of things and you're trans, your brain's going to go, oh crap, I'm trans. And now <laughs> I can't escape this by being super busy. Uh, <laughs> so there's... It's, like, uh, yeah. it's especially embarrassing because... Um, uh, Ali had one of the only comedy gigs that went on uh, last year, which was uh, the Dublin Fringe Festival, which was their token cis comedy night, which was all trans comedians, and then one cisgendered comedian on per night. And uh, I had been ironically booked as the cisgendered comedian before... Before I realized, I don't know what are the chances of that. I I don't know, and I know there's a there's like a lot of other comedians think that I st- I stole their spot on the. <laughs> that is. <laughs> We're getting getting us in trouble with the with for false advertising, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, listen, um, we'll talk more about all of that in a bit as well. But tell me about uh, winning this Virgin Media Discovery short film competition. I mean, you're both kind of jumping into it uh, feet first and you now have €30,000 to make your film. So was it a huge uh, boost to you? Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely massive and it's a huge honour, first off, but it's also just a huge relief I think as trans people to be able to make something about the trans experience that's actually made by trans people you know because so often it's just like you see the likes of the Danish girl or other films like that where they cast a cis man as a trans woman and then he bats his eyelashes for 20 minutes and wins an Oscar Uh, you know (laughs) I'm sorry sorry Eddie I'm coming for Eddie Redmayne here Uh, (laughs) He does have nice eyelashes, I have to he say. He does. I'm so jealous of his eyelashes. Uh, <laughs> I think that and legs are the two things cis women always say to trans women as well, that they're jealous of. You great eyelashes and great legs. It's like, yeah. yeah, give me two years on HRT and we'll talk about like uh, how skinny my legs are. <laughs> yeah. Is that the root of why you wanted to do the film? Because all the art you were seeing that had anything to do with trans people wasn't actually made by trans people. Exactly. And in in fact, that's actually one of the things that attracted to me to stand up comedy in the first place is that it's a one woman show or one person show where you you're the writer, the director and the performer. You know, you go out and you do everything yourself. You control your narrative. It was one of the few spaces in the world where I, I can think of that a trans woman can go into a room full of people and just command the room. And tell their story through their own words. Like there is a social contract where you have to be funny for people to listen to you. But like you know, at least they're <laughs> listening, sort of. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but like so, this film project 
seems like an extension of that. And it's it's so amazing to be given the opportunity to do that on something that's a bit more permanent, a bit something that more people can see, you know, rather than a room of 50 mm. strangers in a basement of a Dublin pub. We're now going to be on the, at the Dublin International Film Festival and on Virgin Media TV itself. So it's a massive, uh, massive thing. Yeah. Becky, on that, I mean, you talked about your, your stand up career when you were a man before you transitioned. So you have like comedy is difficult for everybody, but particularly for women in comedy. So that's another thing you've added in terms <laughs> no, of a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's another. Oh, my God. I mean, there's an, another reason why it's definitely not a choice. You know, why would someone would deliberately go from being a male comedian to a female comedian? You don't really you don't want to open yourself up to that. Plus, I have to get used to being less funny now as well. So that's, uh... oh, exactly, because women aren't funny. So, yeah, you have to dial down the comedy, really. Am I, am, I, am I allowed to say that joke? I'm not sure. Um, yes, you are. But uh, trust you, it'll be said to you enough know. times as it is. You, you've earned this already. <laughs> it's okay, I said well, it as well. We're it's all a, saying it's a, it. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange thing because... Um, um, Doing stand-up comedy when you do it for a while, when you, when you, you realize what's what's what what's really good, what really connects with people is being honest and being something that's a version of yourself, um, maybe an exaggerated version of of yourself. But it can be you can be very honest up there. And uh, see, it's all shut down now. But I like I have to go back and I have to be something else. I, I'm not sure because I'm not sure what it is that I'm going to end up as. I'm just, I'm on this this journey now. And, and I, I actually kind of feel like maybe stand-up can help with that, can help me uh, figure out who I am. I mean, I will be the same person, but I will have different outlook on things. And I'm kind of looking forward to that because uh, with lockdown, stand-up, it's... It's gone and it's one of the last things I think that's going to come back just because of the nature of it. We have Zoom gigs, but they're not, they're not, ask any comedian, they're just absolute torture. You don't, there's no audience feedback, there's no buzz, there's no, you've no idea if it's, if it's going well, Horrible. if it's going badly. And I know that because I, I hear people talk about, oh, when things go back to normal, everyone's going to keep using Zoom for their work, but comedians we are not we're not this is this is our vietnam you know future generations of comedians we'd be like you weren't there man you don't know what it was like uh, ali tell me about the storyline for punchline which is the movie that you're making so what's it about so punchline it's it's as i was saying it, it it's pretty autobiographical uh we're it's um it's a movie that tells the story of transgender comedian uh on the night after a transphobic assault and they're performing stand-up to process what has happened to them. And we see the story as it happens through her eyes, through flashbacks. Um, so as Becky was saying, uh, yeah, we're leaning into uh, the unhealthy, probably possibly unhealthy assertion of uh, stand-up comedy uh, as therapy. Uh, <laughs> but but uh yeah it's 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 super exciting um and unfortunately an experience um street harassment or violence that 
too many trans people in Ireland experience. So, you know, we thought, what, what can we do with that time I got assaulted? I know, let's make a comedy about it. Uh, <laughs> Just speaking uh, of that as well, because, you know, trans people have been the butt of jokes for uh, many things. And it, it's, you know, in a way that's almost been acceptable, hopefully less acceptable now and getting more like that. But was it important for you to kind of turn that on its head and, and make comedy out of this uh, subject? I definitely think so. And I think the whole thing about trans people doing comedy, uh, the fun thing is we're really, really funny, which is always <laughs> shocks people. I'm like, have you not seen our memes? Uh, like, <laughs> there are some amazing, there are some amazing trans comedians uh, in Ireland. And I think there'll be more like there's fantastic people that we work with a lot, MJ Stokes and, and Felix O'Connor. Um, Neil and Farrell. Neil Farrell as well. And there's... Um, There'll be more because Ali is very supportive and Ali is, is always trying to um, get... Uh, Ali is just very supportive of people in general with comedy and is always trying to uh, help people up rather than climbing the ladder and pulling the ladder up behind her. She's always trying to, trying to get other people started and she's, she's got quite a, trying to get a few uh, trans people started in stand-up and then, and then take existing stand-ups uh, and, and like myself and convert them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just get her. my hooks into them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Becky, Ali was talking there about using your own personal experiences. Is there a lot of your experiences going to be in, in the film as well? Well, you see, because I'm only just sort of at the beginning now, my transition. So um, it's it's a bit strange to, you know, just spend your first few months on HRT writing a, a, a script about trans person getting assaulted. You're kind of like, oh, OK, what am I signing up for here? But... Um, no, it's just uh, you know it was it was Ali's idea, and I like I've written, uh, I've been like, doing screenwriting for for a while now, and I just and I love her and I love working with her, and so we just we, that's it was just great working on it was just working on the pitch, and then we were just absolutely over the moon to get down to the the final ten, was it? Yeah, ten. Final 10. It was great. 700 people applied for it so that so and we, we got a lot of praise for the script but it was we worked pretty hard on it as well and we tried to make this thing that was I think it's going to be entertaining yeah it's definitely going to be entertaining but can I just like point out that Becky was this self-depreciative before she transitioned this isn't like female like conditioning getting <laughs> like horse on <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't like some, no, this isn't part of you uh, being a woman. This is this is just how you are. Or or maybe maybe always it was low key. You know, they always say that. You know, <laughs> I always say that. Like I wasn't conditioned as a male when I was younger. I, I I was conditioned as a trans girl. You know what I mean? There's a there's a different. It's like unlocking ghost code has just come out. You know, <laughs> like running in the background. It's like oh, that's why I do that. Yeah, okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> And it's actually, International Transgender Day Visibility is happening on Wednesday. And I wanted to ask you about both about kind of being transgender. I mean, I know, Becky, you are very early days into it. So mm-hmm. probably this isn't as much for you because you're, you're dealing with a lot and it's early days. <laughs> but um, Ali, about being transgender in Ireland and sort of the challenges of that and how things are for transgender people now, how would you sort of characterize it or how would you say it is? Uh, it's tough. It's uh, this is the thing is like Becky said there is she wouldn't choose to be trans uh, or maybe I'm putting words in her mouth like it, like it's not a that being trans is not a choice. 
but it is something that is actually wonderful and it's something that's often lost, especially like we're talking about. It's an amazing experience and it tends to be external factors. So in Ireland, it's weird. It's actually probably one of the best countries to be trans in the world. Uh, but at the same time, our healthcare system is a mess. Uh, it's disgraceful. It like you can change your gender in three days, you know, with a with a self declaration. If you're a binary trans person, if you're non-binary, you can't do that, which is also an issue. Um, uh, but it you could spend up to three years on a waiting list to access HRT, uh, which a cis person can access through their GP, the exact same medication. Uh, in fact, actually, both me and Becky do not get our HRT, our healthcare through the Irish system because for me personally I couldn't actually access it despite years of trying uh, I couldn't even get past the first stage to get into the list um, and if if I did eventually get into the Irish system I would have to go in and prove as someone who's been living as a publicly as a trans person for years I would have to go in and prove that I was trans to a psychiatrist which is just an insane situation we also do have one of the highest rates of hate crime in the in the OECD, which is disturbing. It's, 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 I don't know. Um, I, I particularly attract a lot of attention. Uh, that's mostly because I spend far too much time in skate parks. And I don't know, not a slight on skateboard scene or anything like that, because it's not generally skateboarders, but a lot of trouble seems to happen there. Uh, but like... Uh, I don't know any trans person who doesn't ha know the experience of being insulted on the street, you know, and that's that's a horrible ex thing to exist. And there is also the disturbing rise of turfism, for lack of a better term, and especially British imperialistic importation of that into Ireland. You know, we're seeing a lot of British turfs trying to infiltrate Ireland and it's it's very disturbing. It's... um. And I know, I know for a lot of trans people, the big worry is uh, that we'll have something similar to what happens in the British media, where there's all these cis people writing about being trans. I think, I, I don't know the top the number off the top of my head, but I think there's something like, I want to say approximately 500 articles written about trans people last year, and zero of them were written by trans people. You know, like there's, we're being erased. Our voices are being erased from a debate about our actual existence. And for us, that's incredibly disturbing and very worrying that that might come to Ireland. Yeah, we had Aoife Martin on the podcast recently, and it's great that she has a column in the journal now, which is is brilliant because that's a regular voice. But I, I know I know what you're saying. What would improve life for transgender people here? What would you like to people to understand that would make things better? Uh... As Becky said, it's not a choice. We're human. Uh, you know, we're just people living our lives. So uh, if you want to be like the guy last week who followed me down the street recording me and laughing at me for obviously oh, for his Instagram stories. Uh, sorry, I love the way I'm actually low-key tra uh, like traumatizing Becky with my experiences <laughs> before she's ever had them herself. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, I'm having this thing. Like, I'm having this moment of crisis here. Where I'm like, I'm a comedian. Be funny. Uh, <laughs> why do I have to be political? But that's the that is part of the trans existence. You have no choice. Your mere existence is political. You get don't get to be just a funny person, which is horrible. Mm. And what about people who have what they would consider sort of genuine questions or? you know, just curiosity, is that something you shut down or do you think it's okay for people to kind of be able to talk openly about this? Because I think you hear that a lot. People feel like they, they can't say things or they can't ask questions. I think you got to remember is 
that as trans people, we're having that conversation constantly. You know, every day you go into work, there's somebody else asking you something. You know, there's the same, and it's the same conversation over and over again. So I like, I think communication is important, but I don't think you're entitled to it off every trans person you meet whenever you want it. So, like. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, are you being traumatized here? I'm, I'm slightly concerned. <laughs> well, how are you kind of, um, you know, I suppose psychologically and every other way, you know, there's a certain amount of resilience, Ali, I would imagine, has to has to be built up just for your existence. Like you say, just walking down the street. Are you are you worried and concerned about that, Becky, or how do you feel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I am. And um, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm traumatized anyway. Um, So that's, you know, that's why. Uh, like I don't like and I, I have you know it's 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 going slowly for me and it's it's um it's tough I'm just trying to come to terms with it and just trying to uh, and then how I present myself you know because I left it very late and so I've got a lot of the facade of maleness that I built up over decades just to really to navigate the the world is proving a little bit difficult to, to shed myself of that and then uh, physical changes of, of HRT are they're less effective the older that you get so I just want to get to some now that yeah I think I owe it to myself that I have actually uh figured out the reason why it is that I've always had this little extra layer of sadness that other people don't seem to have. I think, I think I owe it to myself to, to do something about that. And, you know, I don't know, we'll see where I end up, if I can end up somewhere where I can have some level of contentment. I might not be one of the girls, uh, one of the golden girls maybe, but, um, (laughs) Uh, but you know, it's just um, I just want to see where 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 I end up. And uh, Becky, can I ask you just for people listening, what what would you like people to understand? Because I think what you're going through, and like you say, after decades of a, of another type of existence, it's a huge deal. Something that is obviously so fundamental to you. What would you like people to understand about that? And because I think for a lot of people, some people just can't get their heads around things. I mean, and that's, you know, that's just the way it is. What would you like people to, well, to understand? like it's easy to not get your head around something if you don't experience it. If you don't, like it's very easy to, to, to be concerned about something when it's hypothetical. But I've found that when people actually encounter someone the, the then it becomes it becomes real and then your 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 position can change you know it's one thing for me is that like uh part of part of my um uh coming out was i mean like i when i realized that i was trans and i came out to a couple of people and then it kind of it, it got out of my control um it, it it doesn't really matter, but it just it's just everybody knew, and I before I could even really process it particularly. So I thought, well, I'll just embrace it and I'll just I'll just go with it. Um, but then it it turned out to be you know um, a little bit complicated. But one thing is that pretty much everybody that 
knows me, pretty much everyone that, that I care about, was just fine with it. And fine with it uh, up to being very supportive and very enthusiastic about it. And, and no one, they, people don't have to be enthusiastic about it. Most people just like, yeah, whatever, I don't really care. And that's, and that's, that's all you'd really want, you know, because you just, you don't want to stand out. You'd, you'd like to just, just blend in. Um, or, or I would. And that's one of the, that's one of the things that's really, really nice. But I also have the face that everyone that I know has been so nice with the names and pronouns. And then it's like, great. Um, I'm not, uh, but like they kind of got there before me and I had to, because I, you know, I feel like it would be, maybe on a certain some level it might be nice to just go off and go into a cocoon and then emerge you know with all the like i what's that um philosophy philosophy tube lady who came out and she just looked great and she was like she had the voice and she had everything she says look and it's ta-da and she's got hundreds of thousands of followers throwing her a parade and i was like oh that'd be nice but i don't know don't really have that luxury but but Everyone's been really, really nice about it that I care about. So I have that, at least. I, I, I think it's really interesting to point out here, like this is showing like we're two different trans people and we have two totally different experiences of transness. And that, and part of that's generational, but that's just down to the individual. And that's something that's often forget. We're not monolith. Like the trans community didn't sit around and go, who shall we send into the, the women, Irish <laughs> women's podcast to represent us? I know. Let's send the clowns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's like so everyone's an individual and that's it. And mm. that's the experience is different. Like for me personally, I don't mind looking trans. I'm trans. I, I th think applying cis beauty standards to trans people is going to mess people up. So I'm also like, why shouldn't I look trans? So I, I and we both have different experiences of that. And again, yeah. that's the problem with what you were talking about questions earlier is like my answer might not be acceptable to another trans person or, you know, my experience is completely different to another trans person. Yeah. And that's also for me, it was one of the things that prevented me from uh, accepting myself was that, well, I was never going to be, never going to be, I never thought that I'd be like a, a, a real woman, you know, uh, or a, 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 you know, never born a woman. So I'm never going to be like a proper woman or, you know, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with the language here, but, you know, but then I meet trans people and, then and that's like I was trying to like I was saying earlier that it might seem weird when you don't know people and it might seem difficult to try and use the right pronouns and well, why should I have to do this and why and it becomes second nature very very quickly and you start to see these people for 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 what they are very quickly as long as you're not an ass about it and it's like and that was part of the reason where well you know maybe I won't be I'll never be what uh, I want to be and what I imagine inside my head, but I know now that being trans is enough. And it actually could be a wonderful thing because uh, some of the most wonderful, uh, nicest, 
open, honest and beautiful people that I've ever met are trans. And I can't wait to meet more of them. That's lovely. <laughs> um, thanks very much for that, Becky. And Ali, what sort of the, the impact that your film will have on on the conversation? What are you hoping that will be? And what's your amb- ambition with the film? I don't know. For me, again, it goes back to representation. Um, like, I think I've said this before, but when I was growing up, the only trans people I ever saw on TV were like murderers or murder victims. Uh, you know, like they're either like the, the bad guy in a horror movie or the victim in SVU, uh, you know, and, and a, or a butt of a joke. So for me, just to have a three dimensional trans person. Uh, for maybe somebody younger or somebody in the closet to see is just something that's like massive, I hope. Like they always say, be the badass trans person you want to see in the world. You know, you would have want to see in the world when you were 15. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, which probably explains why I'm still skateboarding at 31. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the things, that's one of the things we have skateboarding in the in the, in the the show. And that's one of the things that's nice is that was that there's a, that there's this trans woman uh, in the film who isn't just her personality isn't just a trans woman there's she's a stand up comedian and she is a skateboarder and so she's a bunch of stuff one of them is trans yeah and it's interesting like cuz the things that matter to her are are the skateboarding or the stand up comedy but the things the the wider world focus on is her transness so it's really interesting to see that and uh, hopefully process that on stage um but yeah on International Transgender Day of Visibility, do you have any plans? Is it an important day? Like, is it something that you're going to be marking, Ali? Normally we do gigs. Uh, <laughs> we might, might, we don't know. I don't, I don't think I have any particular. Oh, no. My my uh, friend, uh, this is the brilliant thing about the, like everyone says about the internet disconnecting people and causing stuff, brought the trans community together. I have a trans friend in Portland and I she does a stream, uh, a live stream where she plays um what's it called again oh um truck driver truck simulator simu- truck, truck simulator, simulator. <laughs> and she drives and she gets a guest to come on and like just talk as the passenger and just talk with her while she drives around the american southwest uh, <laughs> which is some trans wish fulfillment i don't think i don't i can't imagine two trans women driving around the american southwest in a truck but look it, it, stranger things that happen but uh but uh, so yeah, I guess gigs and stuff. I mean, compared to, there's two days, big days in the trans calendar. There's Trans Day of Remembrance and Trans Day of Visibility. And by far, Trans Day of uh, Visibility is the most joyous one, you know? And I was just going to make a point. I was, it's, it's slightly worrying that we've got, we've got these two trans days. And one is the day where we become visible to the world. And then later on in the year is the one where we commemorate people who've been murdered. I hope they're not connected. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, like it's kind of yeah. That's the other thing is you know I, I like to run around town being like you can see me, you can see me. Because uh, you know, yeah. other... what, what what better way to celebrate um, uh, visibility than a podcast? <laughs> yeah, we just you'll have to take our word for it. We are visi- well, we are visible to the naked eye, and just yeah, to avoid any confusion, I Ali is the one con- on the left. I can confirm that you are visible. See, Rasheen Ingle said trans people exist. You hear that, people? We're yeah, here. you see. <laughs> and also um, that the women's podcast is 
uh, the trans women's podcast as well. I mean, that's very much what we are. And, you know, you said, uh, Becky, like you'd never be one of the girls, like you're one of the girls here on the women's podcast anyway. I hope that doesn't sound too corny, <laughs> but like, that's what Thank it feels you. like for me, just uh, chatting mm. to you both. So me and Roisin are just going to start chanting, one of us, one <laughs> of us. <laughs> um, now, you better get your finger out and make this film. So when can we expect to see it? What, what's the what's the story? Because I'm sure it's difficult in a pandemic making a film. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we had a plan. We've got this amazing uh, producer uh, called Ama, Ama Addo, and she's just fantastic and really organized and picking up the ball when we drop it. Um, <laughs> you need one we of were, them. We were kind of set to go for, for, for a, a few weeks, but I don't think that's going to happen now because of just because of lockdown restrictions. We might have to postpone it a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're going to try to do it as soon as possible. Obviously, you know, we have production schedule, but it is tough under COVID. But there are precautions that can be taken and Screen Ireland have amazing training around uh, things and there are productions continuing. Uh, we're just trying to work on our own production plan now to get it to a place where we can do and it will premiere next year at uh, Dublin International Film Festival. So we're lo- very much looking forward to that I know it's a whole year away it's just like oh got an extra yeah. Christmas next year yay <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I mean hopefully at some point during the summer you'll be able to get back out gigging again as well hopefully Hope I'd say probably August time I mean we've like you were talking about resilience uh, and trans people just comedians in general are pretty resilient and adaptive because yeah, when you have a room full of strangers shouting "Go be funny" at you, uh, you, you get pretty good at doing what doing what they say. You're like, okay, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, hopefully they'll be back. There'll be ways of doing comedy. We'll find stuff. Um, I know there's a bunch of people, uh, myself included, working on shows that we hope to premiere at the Dublin Fringe Festival. Fingers crossed. Um, haven't got in, just want to clarify, but uh, <laughs> we've applied. We're writing shows. Everyone's working away. Everyone's writing. Everyone's trying to get their little fix of comedy by doing Zoom gigs or live streams or, or, or podcasts and just trying to just trying to make stuff. I think that's the really interesting thing we've seen about the creative industry in Ireland in general is how resilient and compulsive we all are. Uh, like It is a compulsion to make stuff. And uh, it's yeah. also been reassuring for, I don't know about other people, for me to be like, oh, it's okay. I don't do it for the validation. Well, at least not the validation alone. I just like doing this. I like making people laugh. Okay. <laughs> it's also as well, it's a bit, it's a bit of a shame because uh, the particular wave of comedians that Ali and I were involved in, I really felt that something was about to happen with us before lockdown came in and kind of took it all away. And yeah. I'm just worried that I, I hope that it comes back. I hope the same people come back because it was a, uh, it was just it was it was it was a it was a different kind of a, a vibe in terms of comedy. It was just it was very supportive of people of each other. It was very diverse. It was weirder and I think I think uh, better. And I'd really like to see it pick up again. And, I'm I, I'm not as concerned about Becky because I think it's coming back. We're I, I'm I'm going to be the optimist here for the two of us. We're like, yeah, we're going to do this whether you like it or not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just yeah. I mean, I just I hope we can get you know. I'm hoping for myself so I can just get you know we can get motivated and get back. You know, 
I couldn't what? brush my teeth for a large portion of 2020. <laughs> I'm going to get comedy going again. Uh, I hear you. But um, like, I think with the energy from both of you and, and, and as you said, Ali, like different energies and different uh, perspectives. But it feels to me like there's something happening. And I think I, I'm, I'm with you, Ali, on it. I, I'd remain on the glass half full thing that, um, you know, it's time for maybe comedy to be shaken up a bit like that and to just be more diverse and weirder, like you said, Becky. Yeah, I, also Becky was definitely saying about weirder in a comedic stylistic sense rather than like... Yes, yeah. I know. And so am I. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I didn't mean it. Like, I'm not, I'm not coming for you, I swear. Um. I know, I was worried. I was worried you were coming for me, but I love that weirder because, I mean, for me, uh, there's a lot of comedy I don't like. And I mean, I know no shade on, you know, the traditional, the comedy that has, you know, has emerged in Ireland as as the traditional sort of thing that everyone laughs at, the people who fill out Vicker Street and all that. It's never been my comedy. So, you know, the people I love are like Maeve Higgins or Eleanor Tiernan. And I often, I mean, I just find that there's a lot more, there's a lot funnier people and ways to be funny than we're actually seeing. And I'd love to yeah, see if that I, was kind I, of I agree going to there. emerge. Um in the next yeah, couple of years. I, I, I agree with you I think there. it will as kind well. Of. Yeah, I think so. No, no, there's that. De- Sorry, I'm actually happy. Like, we're here. It's COVID. There's Zoom glitches. This is what's happening. I'm just interrupting. <laughs> I'm sure some turf will take this as a sign that I have male privilege. But anyway. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if they manage to make it this far, I'm kind of impressed that you're at like, Anyways. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I think, like, as I was saying, there's a huge wave. Like, the thing I will say to people, like, you often hear that from people. It's like, I don't like comedy. It's like, you don't like laughing. But you got to think of comedy like music. There's different genres. And, like, the thing is that happened in Ireland just before lockdown was the scene had exploded. Uh, like, the stage, like, where you just had pretty, the representation was off the charts. And not only was there different voices being heard they were funny which is mm. such a nice development yeah there's i feel like there's like there's different there's different qualities of laughs <laughs> like it's like it's you know it's kind of easy to get up and just do kind of base stuff you know just just do uh, I, you know i don't know dick jokes or something like that but then when you when you like when you can connect with people by being more open and honest, you get a better quality of laugh. The, the crowd are more engaged. Yeah. I've gone to gigs where like someone's come on and, and done some stuff and I've laughed the whole time. Then I couldn't remember 10 minutes later what they were saying. And then I've seen other things where people, you know, and, and, and I think, like, honestly, you know, w- uh, women are very good at this, a bit opening up and being really honest. And you make, even if you don't share that experience, yeah. you make a connection because there's a human connection there. I think that's the kind of comedy I like away. and that's what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, and that, that yeah. will stick with you. Mm. That, that can stick with you for a really long time. Like Hannah Gadsby, you know, I saw, that was one of the last uh, gigs before everything shut down and, and that was just incredible um, and left you thinking about it afterwards. And yes, laughing, but also just, you know, changing your perspective on things as well, which I think comedy has a role in. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I I always find it weird. Like I also, first off, Becky, come on, don't come for me like that. You know my merch literally had girl dick energy. Dick jokes are a huge part of my comedy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when I do it, they're subversive, but still, come on. Uh, <laughs> 
but, but yeah, like I, yeah, I, I forgot where I was going with this. I just got distracted. <laughs> you said penis, and I got distracted, which is a horrible thing to have to admit on a podcast. I, I did see Ali when Becky said dick jokes. I saw your face. You, you, you were mortally offended. I was like, that how you was... could you, Becky? Don't call me out like that. Sorry. Well, listen, sorry. I, I, I love talking to you, and I'm um congratulations again on the film. I can't wait to see it, and. Uh, I definitely think it's going to impact the conversation here and uh, maybe you'll come back when you've actually made it and tell us about that experience uh, and when it premieres next year at the film festival. Um, We'd be delighted to come back. That was Ali O'Rourke and Becky Cheadle there. Um, And International Transgender Day of Visibility is this Wednesday. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Jennifer Ryan and Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. You can contact us on social media at IT Women's Podcast or do drop us an email on the women's podcast at irishtimes.com. Mind yourselves and I will talk to you next time. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.